Bitcoin is going to fall 80% from its high. Hi guys, welcome back to Make It Make Sense. My name is Sebi Tennyson and here with me is... Joshua Motosha. Awesome. So on today's episode, we will be talking about the crash of the crypto market, right? We have a man called Michael Burry who has mentioned that we will be experiencing the mother of all crashes and there's speculation that this would happen in the cryptocurrency world. The first question people are going to ask is, who is Michael Burry? So he's actually known as the investor who actually predicted the 2008 housing market collapse. And there's a film made about him, which is called The Big Short. Really? He, yeah, really. <laughs> he's actually notorious for making improbable predictions because some of his predictions are far-fetched, similar to the housing market. Nobody actually thought that the housing market was going to crash. So somehow he's always right right? Well, not all the time, but for the most part, he's usually right. Some examples include when he predicted that Tesla was going to, was overvalued and Elon Musk should actually take this opportunity to liquidate and get some of that cash going, right? And he shorted the stock when it was $900 and now Tesla is down to 678 and it was even wow, lower. Exactly. <laughs> oh, he made a lot of money. The next time he predicted another market disaster that would happen was inflation. Even you see our last episode, we talk about inflation, but he had actually called it earlier on and said, hey, inflation is actually going to be a big deal going forward into the market. And re and recently too, more recently, he mentioned about how Bitcoin, when it was around 50K, that we're in a speculative bubble and there's also going to be a crash. And we experienced a correction of 50%. And this was about when Bitcoin was at its high of 60K plus thousand dollars. And now he's, even though he claims that he is a supporter of the crypto asset, he's still saying that we're in a speculative bubble. And a lot of people around him are actually agreeing with him, or even people around the market are agreeing with him and saying that Bitcoin is going to be experiencing an even bigger crash. And, you know, some people are going as far as saying that Bitcoin is going to fall 80% from its high. So, what do you think about this new information? Well, I find it pretty interesting, but it's not far-fetched, mainly because of the amount of the speculation that's happening in the crypto market. We have people using leverage now, right? Yeah. Some people using 50 to 1, 100 to 1, yeah. you know, and anytime whales, we call them whales, those are people who have like big positions in these securities. Whenever they sell and that triggers the stock price to decline rapidly, a lot of these people get margin called, right? Because yes. your stop loss is going to get hit, you're going to get margin called, and that causes the crypto to even tank even more, True. you know? And I could explain what this leverage phenomenon is. It's basically when people open positions that are larger than the capital they already have. So basically, in simple terms, they're borrowing more money in order to maximize their profit. And this also means that if a loss happens, it's going to be even larger, right? So a firm in Asia, according to CNBC, called BitMEX actually allowed people to have a leverage of a 100 to 1. Right. And what does that mean? It means that for every one dollar that they have, they're able to borrow a hundred dollars or make a hundred dollars oh. worth of trade. I know, insane. 
So think about it Quick like question. if you were. Do they do any checks or do you just give? Oh, definitely there's checks. Like okay. Robin Hood, you're not allowed now to do that. Like, <laughs> no, no, Robin Hood, they don't even allow you do a margin or leverage for cryptocurrency because it's very volatile. And Coinbase, they only give it to professional traders. So not regular schmegular people can do that. But people who have a lot of money are entitled to this. But it's still really risky because when the crypto market started tumbling down, a lot of these people experienced what is called a margin call, right? And $12 billion worth of levered crypto assets was actually liquidated. So what does that say? Because of the law of demanded supply, it was trickling down even more. And the old saying goes, more selling begets more selling. Mm -hmm. So once we started selling, it was going down more, $12 billion. Everyone just started selling. It was a selling frenzy. And that's how we went down to almost negative 50%. In addition to that, you see some countries like Turkey, China, and Denmark banning the use of crypto assets and in any form of payment or good and for goods and services. So you can't use crypto to pay for goods and services. And that's one of the things that a lot of crypto holders were relying on, that the uh, use of crypto as a legal tender would allow them to justify the value of this crypto asset. Huh. But now that these major currencies, this, you know, developed currencies are actually stopping this use, mm -hmm. it's now calling to question if the currency is actually worth this much, if it can be used for anything. Huh, that's interesting. Because how do we reconcile that with the fact that some countries are actually adopting these as their own currency? Was it Venezuela? I'm not sure, but there's like two countries in Central or South America that are about to start using Bitcoin as a legal tender. So who wins this war? Because there's some companies outlawing it. Yeah. And there's some countries that want to really adopt it even more so. For sure. I think the war will be won by who has more money, who has more, you know, power. Uh, right. Mm. So it, yes, so. exactly. And that's like the second global economy in the world. So you can't just be like, oh, for example, if a country like Nigeria is like, yes, we want crypto. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <Who> cares? <laughs> that's my country, so I can bash it, right? <laughs> okay, cool. You like it, but you don't have any power, like you're not a global powerhouse, so no one's really going to care. But whenever it's like a country like China or, you know, other big powerhouses like, you know, the countries in the EU, right? You're like, okay, this is concerning, right? This is, because I remember like, I know in Nigeria, they actually tried to halt the trades and no one even cared. <laughs> like it was just like, okay, cool, Nigeria, fine, whatever. But when it's like China and and Denmark and Turkey, they're like, okay, this is concerning. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely who's going to win this war. So what do investors actually do? Like myself, what are people like me supposed to do with this information? Do we sell everything we have or do we start buying in? Because, you know, like Warren Buffett always says, like when people are greedy, you know, start selling, you know, but when people are fearful, you know, be greedy, right? So for me, I think in general, especially when it's a speculative asset, it shouldn't be worth more than 3 to 5% of your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And here's why. For me, my thought process is that because of how volatile this crypto asset is, you potentially could lose everything, oh, yes. right? And if you... Remember the Titan? The Titan. <laughs> the Titan um, crypto that went to zero. Yeah. yeah. Like that was day. actually really surprising because yeah, apparently Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban fell for that as well. But he's a billionaire. He's totally fine. <laughs> so, yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking that if you have a smaller position in a particular asset, you have more tolerance for it. Like compared to if like 50% of your portfolio is in something or your position is in something in your portfolio, you're more likely to cut 
losses early, which you should because that's good risk management. But when it's like 1% to 3, you're like, okay, great, whatever. You have more tolerance for any form of volatility that could come from that. And I think with... Two to three percent, three to five percent, you can still experience huge gains from that. But yeah, that's definitely the strategy. And lastly, I would say if people are wanting to adopt even more so, I would recommend that they actually go in in batches. And what I mean by that is if you have a thousand dollars wanting to put into Ethereum or Bitcoin, because I'm not going to talk about the other altcoins because that's a conversation for another day, I would recommend entering in small batches. You know, $100 here, $100 there, you know, 200 Just in case of volatility, you can meet at a lower price and average out. And that way you have more room to enjoy in the upside. But what's your take on this? Yeah, so that definitely makes sense. That's what we call it, building a position, yeah. right? Let's say I'm... I'm going to use um, stocks, for example. I like Apple, right? I'm not just going to go in on one day yeah. to buy it. Some people do. <laughs> Some people do, and it works out yeah. for them, right? But, but I think mm, it's pretty risky. Yeah, it is risky. It's depending on the size of the position, yes. too. Like, if it's $100, come on. You don't need to go $10 <laughs> every day. Yeah, but I like to build it over time, especially on pullbacks, if it's a great company. So, I mean, I definitely agree with all you said, and it's pretty interesting because I'm about to talk about an, alt- <laughs> an altcoin <laughs> right now. Really? You are... <laughs> King of conservative oh, yes. crypto investing. Yeah, I mean, she knows my stance on crypto investing. I'm very careful. I'm very nimble. I'm, you know, really, really careful because of everything going on, especially for the fact that I'm not as, um, I don't know as much in the crypto world as I do in stocks, yeah. right? So that's why I'm more careful. So I have a screener. From time to time, I run my screener to find the best growth companies available, right? And just kind of evaluate them and see, okay, which one can I add? To my portfolio, right? And one day I came across this company called Voyager Digital, yeah. right? So what do they do? There's, they're basically a crypto brokerage, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like a Coinbase or a Robinhood, but they're st- strictly for crypto, yeah. right? And you may ask, okay, what makes this different? What makes this company different, right? So I was looking through the financials and I saw that they had grown their sales by 2,000%. Between last year to this year, the sales were up 2,000%. I was like, huh, that really attracted me. I started reading more about the company, and I looked at their management. They have fantastic management. Yeah. The CEO used to work at E-Trade, yeah. and now he works with Voyager. They have some people in the management that came from Morgan Stanley. They have some people from Uber. So I was like, okay, from the management perspective, they look good, right? Mm-hmm. And I discovered they even have a coin, you know, <laughs> um, and the ticker symbol is VGX, Right, so I started just because of I didn't know as much about crypto. I started looking into it a little more. I wanted to see what it was about. So one thing I noticed about Voyager, the platform itself, is that they don't charge any commission on their oh, trades true. because Coinbase actually charges some like whenever you, it is that you trade, it's about one point five percent. And if you're using like a Mastercard, it's a three huh, percent. So like you, be, people don't see this because they're like, oh, it's just automatic. But like if you check, actually, yeah, you're, you're being charged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not free. Yes, but Voyager don't charge at all for their transactions. And they also have one of the largest coin offerings, you know, because we know there's the major Bitcoin, Ethereum, but there's still other, the altcoins, right? And Voyager has one of the largest offerings of even this altcoins along with Bitcoin, Hmm. obviously, right? And when I did a little more research, we know how a lot of cryptos today can generate some kind of interest income. And initially, Voyager gave an interest income of 3%, which is not too much, but not too bad. Yeah. So when I saw this, I, I kept on doing a little more research and I discovered that they were going to acquire this company called LGO. 
Hmm. LGO basically is a leading digital asset exchange for institutions, right? Oh. And they're based in France. So now they're trying to get into the European market, oh, right? They're trying to expand, you know, their offers, not just in America, but beyond the shores, yeah. you know, of North America. And when they acquired this LGO, they also acquired the coin. So when they did this, we were able to start offering 7%. So now oh. their APR is 7%. Wow. Yeah. So I was thinking when they started the company, they already had their own token, but I discovered that they didn't have their own token before. In 2019, they acquired this other company called Ethos, Ethos, uh-huh. right? And they had the coin. So they kind of inherited oh, that coin. I just made it theirs. So doing more research, I was like, huh, what are they actually, what's the goal with this token? And basically on the website, it says that they use the token simply as a tool to increase platform adoption through what they call utility rewards. Oh. So they have different levels for this. They have the explorer level, they have a navigator level and they have the Voyager level, right? So basically if you own VGX, mm-hmm. right, you get a 7%, but depending on how much you have, you oh. can even get a higher rate. Not oh, only on- So higher than 7%. Yes. How often is this given? Like monthly, yearly, how is that? I think it's monthly. Monthly? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, in the whole year, you get the 7% annual. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're they, saying that is they give you the interest monthly, but like it's yeah. annual of yes. 7%. Okay. Makes sense. Yes. So I was like, huh, that is actually pretty interesting. So the three different classes they have is the Explorer, mm-hmm. the Navigator, and the Voyager. The Voyager obviously is the highest class. Okay. And to be an Explorer, you need to have at least $100 to 4999 mm-hmm. To be a Navigator, you need 5000 to 24999 And to be a Voyager, Anything above 25K, oh, right? That's good. Yes. And you, if you have 25K in that, you'd be getting an interest higher than 25 Yes, you get what oh. you call an interest boost, oh, you know. Okay. So those are the things I found pretty interesting, right? And how they're able to pay this money out is that a lot of times they borrow out cryptos as collateralized loans Ooh. and they pay the interest on these back to the customer. Oh. So, yes. So a lot of these um, crypto brokerages, what they do is they do the same thing, but they keep all the profit. But here, Voyager decides to return a lot of this oh, back to... Good. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to generate more um, users. When yeah. people see, oh man, they're doing this, they'll come to the okay. to the platform. So I, are you thinking that this would continue when maybe they're now like a household name? Are they going to stop this? Or you're encouraging people, get in now that you have all this money, yeah. all this 7 at 7% and above because we don't know how long they will continue to do this for. Yes. To be honest, I think in the future, when they develop a little more, they might cut it a little. Makes That's, sense. Yes, makes it makes sense. sense. Because they're going to want to have more money to compete with their other competitors. And I see the only downside to this coin is that the interest you get is in terms of the Voyager coins, right? So it could, it's kind of a dilution. And when, also when they acquired this LGO, they had to issue more tokens. So there's a little more supply in the system. And that puts the price down if you look at the charts. But overall, and just as a disclaimer, this position is less than 1% of my portfolio. <laughs> so it's, yeah. just, it's just something I'm playing with a little, you yeah. know. And as you know, this is not a recommendation. Everything we say is strictly for educational purposes. Yeah. But I think it's a coin that is worth looking at. Do your own research. Do your own due diligence. Let us know what you find, whether good or bad. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think I really, I'm definitely looking into that. I, I've tried to stay away from, you know, coins that have you know fallacious claims like i know there was an issue with like that tether coin that claimed that it was back to the usd and when uh investigation happened they found out that it wasn't really sort of kind of but it was just a lot going on to it so this is definitely a coin especially if you be earning around seven percent interest year that that's yeah, great compare that to your bank yeah compared to a savings that's almost as good as the s&p 500 <laughs> in returns 
But definitely, I definitely like that. And for people who are concerned, like, okay, you said Michael Burry is this great guy that's always predicting amazing things. He's smart. But he still has his flaws because in 2017, he claimed that, man, the crash is imminent. Since that time till now, the S&P 500 has S&P doubled. returned 21% in 2017. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally highest. doubled from then till Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And even in April, he, April 2020, he claimed that, oh, the crash is even going to get a lot yes. worse. And that was literally just the bottom. And it's gone up <laughs> since then. Yeah. So regardless of whoever whoever's an intelligent investor you're listening to, and they're all great, right? You know, Jim Cramer and the likes, Kathy Woods, all those amazing people. Still try to do your own due diligence. And that's why we're bringing this information to you. And for me personally, I'm not really worried, especially because I saw Bitcoin when it was 3000 I saw Ethereum <laughs> when it was $400. And look at where they are now. I think it's only up from here. These are just some because when people don't know about something, they're more concerned, right? So when this adopting stage is all over, it's only going to go up from here. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for coming to our episode. Please feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, share it on your various social media platforms, tell your friends, your families, your enemies, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.